because we, we're teaching on the subject of our identification with Christ. But in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, Romans 5 verse 8, we're teaching on identification with Christ, and by identification we mean that God identified us with Christ in his redemptive work, in his death, his burial, and resurrection. Uh, Webster's Dictionary uh, says that the word identify means to make identical, to consider or treat as the same. So then God considered or treated you, uh, treated, God considered us to have died with Christ, to have been buried with Christ, and to have been raised with Christ. Again, it means to identify, means to make identical, to consider or treat as the same. Now, when we consider this, uh, we look at the substitutionary work of Christ. And we find in Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, but God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So while we were sinners, Jesus gave his life. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. So we are grateful uh, today for what Jesus has done for us. Amen? So our, we've given three facts, and we're just going to review those again today. The first fact that identification is based upon is that Jesus was our substitute acting in our place so that we were accredited with what he did. Jesus was our substitute acting in our place so that we were accredited with what he did. So what Jesus did was set to the credit of our account legally. Now then, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge, that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And then in the, amp, uh, or in the uh, Weymouth translation, it says, For the love of Christ overmasters us, the conclusion at which we have arrived being this, that one having died for all, his death was their death. His death was their death. Another translation, good news, the latter part says, which means that they all share in his death. So what Jesus did on the cross, he was doing for you and for me, and everything he did, he did on your behalf. And it was set to the account for you. So when you believe on Jesus, then you withdraw or you receive what Jesus has done for you in the person of Jesus. The second fact that we have looked at is that Jesus became exactly what we were in spirit so that God viewed him as being us. He was treated as though he were us, and we were identified with him. Jesus became exactly what we were in spirit so that God viewed him as being us. He was treated as though he were us, so we were identified with him. Jesus took on himself, that the fact that Jesus became exactly what we were in spirit, we're going to look at 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21. 
It says, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He, Jesus, was made to be sin for us. So God laid on him the iniquities of us all. Jesus was made to be our sin so that we could become his righteousness. He became exactly what we were in spirit so that God viewed him as being us. He suffered in our place. He died in our place. He took the blunt. He took the sufferings and the death and paid the penalty for our sin. He became exactly what we were so that we could become what he is in the sense of we could become the righteousness of God in him. We could have the same life that he has. We could have eternal life. We could be born of the spirit of God. We could have a right relationship. We can have a gift of eternal life and we could be saved. Amen. So what he has done for us, he has done for us so that we could receive the benefit of it. Of it. Now then, uh, the third fact that we uh, looked at is the third fact is we as believers are now in Christ, in union with Him, in our spirit. We as believers are in Christ or in union with him in our spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17. It says that he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Or other translations say one with him in spirit. So if you are born again, then you actually tap into what Jesus has provided for you. What he has done in his death, his resurrection, and that you were identified with, you have now tapped into the reality of who he is and what he has done. So then you were crucified with Christ. Remember, to make identical means to consider to treat as the same. And also, God considered you to have been crucified with Christ, to have died with Christ, to have been buried with Christ. So your union with Christ puts you into union with what Jesus has done. You've been joined unto the Lord. Then we're going to just go uh, to John chapter 15. The Gospel of John chapter 15. And verse 4. And the scripture says, and this is in the words of Jesus, Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches of that vine. Jesus is the source of life, and we receive that life from him. He is the vine, we are the branches, what's in Jesus flows into us, and the life that is in Christ comes into us, and we receive the gift of eternal life, the life of God himself. Amen? So then, in looking at this, we want to look at today, primarily our focus is on the crucifixion of Christ and the fact that we were identified with that crucifixion. So we're going to look at Galatians chapter 2. 
Galatians chapter 2. And verse 20. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. And the Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. So Paul declares that he himself, he said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I. So we were identified with what God did in the person of Christ, and we were crucified together with him. I was crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. So it's no longer I that lives, but it's Christ that lives in me. He said, the life that I now live in this body, I live in faith, faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So Jesus Christ has taken the heat, so to speak. Jesus has taken the sufferings. Jesus took our sufferings and paid the penalty for our sin. And so now in him, we have his life. The life that you now live in this body he said, is the life of Christ. Praise God. It's no longer I, but it's Christ himself that lives in me. Hallelujah. Now then, I want to give you a quote from uh, A.J. Gordon. He said this about this uh, verb here, this word, with Christ. He said, it is university, it universally conceded that the verb here as in the parallel passages in which the believer is represented as dead with Christ, crucified with Christ, should be translated in the perfect tense, connecting the, the event directly with the crucifixion of our Lord. Instead of, I am crucified, as in the King James Version, it should read, I was crucified. So, again, he said it should be uh, translated, I was crucified, rather than I am crucified. Then William Newell, in his commentary on this, he said, we died to sin, and aorist tense, definite past fact. A definite past fact. Our old man was crucified with him. Another aorist tense, not is crucified, as in the old version, which expression is a relic of Romanism, and meaning of which no one knows. So he points out it is a definite past fact. Again, the aorist tense in Webster says, a tense of Greek words expressing simple pastime without further qualification. Well, uh, William Newell said it is a definite past fact. So when you look at this, I was crucified with Christ, or could be translated, I have been uh, crucified with Christ. When you look at it, then you're considering that this is something that God did legally without you doing anything. He did this before you were uh, born. He did this before you showed up in the planet, right? So I was crucified. Now I am crucified is applicable, applicable as well. I was crucified with Christ, but the 
literal would be I was or I have been crucified with Christ. So it's not something you do fully yourself. It's something God did for you. And that's something that we must realize and come to know because that helps us to uh, acknowledge that it was what he did and then we're not just trying to do it all ourselves. We can't do it without him. It's what he did in the person of Christ. And when we get in Christ, we, we are identified with what Jesus has done for us. Are you with me? So again, we go back to Galatians 2 and 20. I am crucified with Christ. So we would say, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. So it's no longer I that lives, but it is Christ himself that lives in me. Jerusalem Bible says it this way, I have been crucified with Christ. I live now not with my own life. I live now not with my own life, but with the life of Christ who lives in me. So now we're living not to ourselves and not living on our own merit, our own uh, works or efforts, but we're living with this new life of Jesus, which enables us to live the life of Christ in our body so that we are changed on the outside from what we are on the inside. What's on the inside is greater than what's on the outside. Again, you're living with the life of Christ who lives in you. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. So you can live out this life that is in you. You can live it out in your body. You can live it out in your life experience. Jesus lives in you today. Hallelujah. Christ in you today. Christ living big in you today. The greater one living in you today. Jesus lives his life in you and through you. Can somebody say amen? amen. Then Laubach's translation says it this way. Christ took me to the cross with him, and I died there with him. Christ took me to the cross with him, and I died there with him. Marshall's translation said, with Christ, I have been co-crucified. With Christ, I have been co-crucified. Now, you consider the word co-crucified. In other words, God saw you there when he was crucified. God saw you there. Well, if you fly in an airplane or aircraft, generally you got a pilot and a co-pilot. Well, the pilot and the co-pilot arrive at the same destination at the same time. They're in the same aircraft, and they arrive at the same time. So it would have to be was crucified if you arrived when Jesus arrived. Are you with me? So Jesus was crucified on the cross. He died on the cross, and God considers you or treats you as though you were there. God considers him to have been you because he was made to be your sin. So your sins were in him, and he took the punishment, the suffering for your sin. And so the suffering for your sin then made uh, you able to partake of his life or to partake of eternal life and partake of the gift of righteousness. Thank God forever. I said, thank God forever. Hallelujah to Jesus. Somebody say, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live 
Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in this body is the life of Christ. It's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me. I'm living now with the life of Christ. Amen. Now, I'll give you a couple of other quotes. One by E.W. Kenyon. E.W. Kenyon said this. He said, this little preposition, with, is the key that has unlocked the long-hidden truth that is of vital importance to us. This preposition unlocks the long-hidden truth that is of vital importance to us. Several times, Paul uses the preposition with in connection with his substitutionary work. I have been crucified with Christ. Notice he uh, renders it that way. I have been crucified with Christ. Then he tells us that we died with Christ and that we, he, he was buried with Christ. This gives us the key that unlocks the great teachings of identification. This gives us the key that unlocks the great teachings of our identification with Christ. And then A.J. Gordon, well, a key is what unlocks the door. You get in, right? And these are keys that unlock the uh, mysteries and the great teachings of our identification with Christ. The fact that it is past tense or past perfect tense. Then A.J. Gordon says, as high as the heaven is above the earth, so far is the distance from self-crucifixion to crucifixion in Christ. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so far is the distance from self-crucifixion to crucifixion in Christ. So we are acknowledging that it was Christ that was crucified, and his crucifixion was our crucifixion. That when he was crucified, we were crucified. When he died, we died. When he was buried, God considered us to have been buried, and so on. When he was made alive, God considered us to have been made alive with him. Praise God forever. So we were, have been crucified with Christ together with him. Somebody say together with him. Now, go with me to the book of Romans. We're going to go to Romans chapter 6, please. Romans chapter 6, and we're going to go to verse 6 in this particular passage. The whole passage is uh, very much worthy of our study. But in Romans chapter 6 and verse 6, it says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Knowing this, this is an ongoing, growing knowledge of. We need a consistent knowledge of, or growing in the knowledge of, growing in the awareness of, receiving the spirit of wisdom receiving the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He said, knowing this, that our old man is 
or was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, knowing this, that our old man was crucified. Somebody say, my old man was crucified. Now, the old man is not talking about your, your maybe your dad or somebody you called old man. The old man is the old nature, the old nature that you used to have uh, in Adam. Remember, in Adam all die, but even so, in Christ shall all be made alive. So the old man is not uh, your old uh, man that you called old man, perhaps. The old man is the old you. It's the old self. It's the old unrenewed self. It's the old person that you used to be without Christ. And with Christ, there is a new man. Knowing this, that our old man is or was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. The body of sin is destroyed because Jesus, hallelujah, was crucified and you were crucified with him. So the body cannot control or doesn't have to control your life any longer. Amen? Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth, from now on, we should not serve sin. So we do not have to serve sin with our body. Remember again, Galatians 2.20. What? I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live where? In this body. The life I live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. So the life we live in this present body, we live in faith in the Son of God. Jesus is our refuge. Jesus is our life. He is our hope. He is our strength. He is our joy. He is our all in all. Jesus is Lord. Amen? And so Jesus has given us life, and we were crucified with Christ, and it's no longer us that lives, but it is Christ that lives in us. Hallelujah. Now then, Waves Translation. Waves Translation renders it this way. This we recognize, that our former self was nailed to the cross Nailed to his cross with him. Our former self, the person you used to be, was nailed to the cross with him so that the body, which was the instrument of sin, might be made impotent for evil so that we could not, could not any longer be slaves of sin. We would not any longer be in slavery to sin. So then your body which was an instrument of sin, would be made impotent for evil so that you would no longer be in slavery to sin. Sin brings you in slavery, but thank God Jesus liberates us. I said sin brings you into bondage, but Jesus liberates us. So knowing this, coming to a knowledge of that the old man, the old person you used to be was crucified with Christ, that former self was nailed to the cross with him, so that your body would no longer be the instrument of sin and you would be made impotent for evil. Thank God forever. We could not any longer be slaves to sin. 20th century says, For we must recognize the fact that our old self 
was crucified with Christ in order that our body may cease to be under the tyranny of sin, in order that our body would no longer be under the tyranny or the control of sin, so that we may no longer be slaves to sin or not be brought under bondage to sin. Jordan's translation said, so that the sinful nature may be wiped out and we no longer need to be addicted to sin. No longer need to be addicted to sin. Sin can be addictive. And you no longer have to be addicted to sin. Thank God that God liberates us in Christ, in our spirit. And he liberates us in our spirit so that we can be liberated in our soul. We can be liberated in our minds. We can be liberated in our bodies. Liberty comes to the spirit first, then to the soul, to the mind, to the body. And liberation comes from Jesus. Liberty comes from Jesus. Whom the Son has set free is what? Free indeed. He said, if you continue my word, amen, then shall you be my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. So the Holy Spirit makes us free through the knowledge of God's words. As we continue to come to know the truth of God's word, then it brings liberty to our spirit, liberty to our soul, liberty to our body, liberty to our lives, and there is liberty in Christ. Hallelujah. He is the liberator. Amen. He is the one who makes us free. He is the one who brings us liberty and freedom in Christ. Hallelujah to Jesus. So that the sinful nature may be wiped out and we no longer need to be addicted to sin. No longer need to be addicted to sin. So say it with me. I was crucified. I know this, that my old man was crucified with Christ, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that I would no longer be in servitude, in slavery to sin. I have been liberated through Christ. As high as the heaven is above the earth, A.J. Gordon said, as high as the heaven is above the earth, so far is this distance from self-crucifixion to crucifixion in Christ. So in other words, it's not just what you can do. It's what Jesus has done for you. I said it's not just what you can do. It's what Jesus has done for you. And what Jesus has done for you can be activated in your life as you acknowledge it, as you come to know it, and you know it better and better Time and time again, as you grow in the knowledge of, as you come to a greater, more effective, more efficient knowledge of your crucifixion with Christ, then it's activated in your life. William Newell, Newell said it this way, let us never forget that this crucifixion was a thing done, thing definitely done by God at the cross, just as really as our sins were there laid upon Christ. Let us never forget that this crucifixion was a thing definitely done by God at the cross, just as really as our sins were there laid upon Christ. When our sins were laid upon Jesus, just as really as our sins were laid upon Jesus, this was done. You were identified with Christ. You were crucified with Christ. 
Thank God forever. The old man was crucified. And then E.W. Kenyon said it this way. In the Spirit's great argument of identification with Christ, he said that, th that our old man, this hidden man of the heart, our spirit, the real man, who was filled with spiritual death, satanic nature, was nailed to the cross in Christ. Was nailed to the cross in Christ. That old satanic nature was nailed to the cross. The old person you used to be was nailed to the cross. That old man was crucified with Christ. So the old man does not any longer exist. The old man is dead. The old man is gone. The old man is forever extinct. The old man has been uh, wiped out. And a new man has come. A new person has come. You are a new person in Christ Jesus. You are a new man in Christ Jesus. You have a new life in Christ Jesus. We have this new life in Christ, this new life that comes from God. It comes from God by your simple faith in Jesus Christ. God has given you this gift of eternal life. Eternal life is in your spirit. You have the life of the ages. You have the life of God. You have the life of Christ living on the inside of you. Christ is in you, and so therefore this life that's on the inside enables you to live the life of Jesus in your body. It is no longer you that lives. It is Christ that lives in you, Christ himself living out his life on the inside of you, that life lived out in your body through faith in Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. Somebody say, it's no longer I, but it's Christ that lives in me. It's no longer I, but it's Christ that lives in me. The old man is gone. The old man is dead. The old man is passed away. The old man is forever gone. I am a new man a new self, a new person in Christ Jesus, a new man, a new self, a new person in Christ Jesus. I am a new man, a new self, a new person in Christ Jesus. I have new life from Jesus, the same life that is in Jesus God has given to me. God has given me the opportunity to share in his life. I share in the life of God. The life of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 